Hello everyone, this is Marcus, the creator of Butte Podcast. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. The first thing is that it's absolutely free. The second thing is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more platforms. I know you're wondering, what must I do next? I'm glad you asked. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started. This is Marcus, the creator of Rebuke, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace. I'm Pat McKay. I'm the chair of the North Alabama Human Trafficking Task Force and the chair of the Alabama Human Trafficking Task Force. If you need more information about human trafficking, please call 256-653-8527. You're listening to Rebuke. This is Sergeant Rick Nelson with the Huntsville Police Department Special Victims Unit. Uh, If you're a victim of human trafficking or need more information, you can call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888. If you have trafficking in your area or you suspect trafficking, you can call the Huntsville Police Department at 256-722-7100. You're listening to Rebuke. and you're now listening to Rebuke. Today makes our seventh episode and we have a great topic to discuss. I'd like to give thanks to everyone that's been showing me support on my podcast. I want to thank family and friends and uh, loved ones near and far. Uh, Also, you can go on to Anchor and um, and, and, and make a a donation for my podcast so we can use the the money to... uh, you know, pay for my my engineer and pay for other costs according to our podcast. Today, um, today's topic is where's the babies? Human and sex trafficking in Black America. Uh, I have Sergeant Nelson here uh, from Huntsville PD, and we have Miss Pat McKay, which is a, I believe, a human and sex trafficking advocate in the city of Huntsville, Alabama. Did I got that? Get that correct, Miss McKay? Yes, she did. Yes, she okay. did. Okay. So uh, I'm going to read some statistics that I find that it was very interesting. And then we'll go into the to the questions. Um, let's see here. Between 100 and 300 children in the United States are trafficked for sex every year. Uh, sex trafficking victims are overwhelmingly female, which is 94%. 13% of confirmed sex trafficking victims are, are the age of 25 or older. Uh, 
which one is, is damaging to me is sex trafficking victims are more likely to be African-American, which is 40% versus their white counterparts, which is 26%. Um, more, and then more than half, which is 62% of confirmed sex trafficking suspects are African-American, which is uh, astonishing what's been going on in the uh, United States today. So now I'm going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to ask uh, Sergeant Nelson, uh, what is human trafficking and what is the difference between human and sex trafficking? Okay. Uh, Human trafficking can include uh, sex trafficking and labor trafficking. And um, sex trafficking, of course, is where you're, uh, I'll give you the, Polaris definition for sex trafficking. It's the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, uh, obtaining, patronizing, soliciting, or advertising of a person for commercial sex act in which a commercial sex act is induced by force, fraud, or coercion, uh, or in which the person induced to perform such an act has not attained uh, 18 years of age. Um, Labor trafficking is pretty much the same uh, harboring transportation, uh, obtaining the person for labor or services through force, fraud, or coercion. Um, and this would include uh, involuntary serv- servitude, peonage, debt bondage, or outright slavery. Mm. Hey, Ms. McKay, do you have anything to add to that before? Um, Actually, I wanted to mention the Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000. It's been reauthorized several times. It was the first significant federal law that defined human trafficking or even addressed it. And it defined the two types of human trafficking. Okay. The the most recent reauthorization of that one uh, was in 2017. Okay. So... My next question for you, Ms. McKay, what is usually uh, the target audience that the kidnappers are looking for when it comes to human and sex trafficking? Well, I want to clarify something. The word kidnappers kind of threw me off because not all these kids and victims are kidnapped. They are manipulated in most cases to want to go with these people, thinking that they're going into a positive relationship. It could be a boyfriend-girlfriend situation. It could be um, an older parent-type person. Uh, A lot of these kids have been sexually or physically uh, abused, over 70 percent, and a lot of them are runaways or homeless, and when they're coming out of that kind of dysfunction, they are looking for acceptance and love low self-esteem, that sort of thing. So if someone, for example, a runaway um, is confronted at a bus stop or bus station, whatever, and they could be without money for food and they're offered food. Well, no one's going to turn that down if you're hungry. So they go with whomever it is that's offering it. And then they become friends. And then they become sexual partners and then it goes on from there and it's kind of a an ongoing manipulation if you will see when that when i think of that word manipulation it sounds like pimping to me 
Is that is that is that is that correct, uh, Sergeant Nelson? Yes, uh, pimping would would be one of the terms for a trafficker. Uh, most of the pimps that you see uh, on TV or on shows, though, or they don't accurately portray the uh, trafficker or the pimp that is uh, popular now. Uh, you, I mean. It could be male, female, young, old, black, white. Uh, there really is no good description for a trafficker. It's anybody that thinks they can make money off of uh, another person, uh, either selling or or through labor. Okay. So uh, going back to my question, what are usually the target audience? Do you know, uh, Miss Miss McKay? Um, target audience, it's kind of hard to say because um, you you mentioned some statistics about black kids and uh, young adults mm-hmm. that I have not really seen that much. Um, however, I believe them. I mean, if they're, if they're uh, being bandied about, then they are obviously good statistics. But generally speaking, all genders, uh, race, ethnic backgrounds, you name it, are being targeted. Um, they're looking for kids who have no self-esteem or low self-esteem. Okay. They're looking for the vulnerable kids. Uh, and when I say kids, the average age that I'm I'm seeing is 11 to 14, 15, that okay. kind of thing. Okay. But anyone, but anyone can be trafficked. Okay. Any age. All right. Now, Sergeant Nelson, um, what are the signs? of a person being victimized or partaking in human or sex trafficking. She just gave us the age, the age range. Mm-hmm. So you being an officer on the force and for many years and you run across a, a young child and how do we know the public know that that young child is being is partaking in human trafficking or sex trafficking? It's hard to tell it usually because the the signs that you're looking for are very similar to the signs of, of domestic violence or domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking for uh, a person who has bruises, cuts, burns, uh, mm. signs of some kind of physical abuse. Uh, usually, they will it will be in an area other than the face. Um, they'll be dressed inappropriately. They sexualize even the young kids that are taken. They'll they'll dress them in order to to increase their sexual appeal to older folks. Um, yeah, that's what we try to get on our knees for not wearing makeup too early. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. They uh, oftentimes they they don't have proper health care because their trafficker don't want them going to the hospital. They might find out um, uh, that's always a sign uh, otherwise they're you know they're depressed uh, withdrawn okay uh, and occasionally or sometimes they will have brands or tattoos that, really yeah that the the trafficker has uh, put on them to identify that they're his property. Wow. This kind of reminds me of 
I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm just gonna get slavery. Like mm-hmm. when when it, the slaves came from Africa, then exactly. the slave owner he is. put a brand on on the slaves, letting them know that that's his. That's exactly right. It is modern modern day slavery. Miss McKay, you, can you yes. uh, piggyback on Sergeant Nelson the signs or or any different signs besides what he has listed? Well. If you're out in public, and, and often they do go out in public with their victims, okay. um, it would be after they have manipulated them to a point that they trust that they're not going to run away All right. okay, or try to escape. But they could be, a, let's say, a 13-year-old girl. She should not be in a boyfriend-girlfriend situation with an older guy like 18, 19 years old. Um they either become their boyfriends or their quote parent or father figure mother figure that sort of thing depending on the gender of the trafficker um the child would obviously be in what uh, sergeant nelson mentioned clothing a lot of times that are that is very inappropriate for a 12 13 year old kid or whatever age um they're going to be fearful because it may be the first or second time they've ever been out in public with their trafficker. There's going to be anxiety, some fear, some um, depression. They're nervous, that sort of thing. Um, they're not going to trust everybody. Mm-hmm. They're going to be they're going to be watching and waiting. The one thing two that happens is that the trafficker is going to control any conversation if they walk in say to a mcdonald's or a or a taco bell or something of that nature the child the the victim is not going to be ordering their food the person with them is going to order their food they're going to answer any questions that come up they control the victims in the case of labor um, labor trafficking, you're going to have people who are really housed a lot of times in the, ha- like a, a, an illicit massage parlor. Mm-hmm. They generally live upstairs from the massage parlor or in the back of the room, uh, of the building. They have no um, ID because those are stripped when they come in and start working and the hours are long they don't get breaks it's uh, they're paid very little or nothing at all um, and oftentimes they are forced to sell drugs or magazines or whatever it whatever it takes to keep things going the operation going if you will okay thank you uh sergeant nelson i'm gonna skip this i'm gonna go to this one i'm gonna paint a scenario what if a young lady is human and sex trafficking i i had kidnapped but you said the word kidnap's not pro not the right word so a young lady is being used for human and, and sex trafficking and fallen victim has fallen victim to human trafficking what advice or steps can you provide in order for, to that person to get out of that situation alive uh, for the person i i would recommend uh either calling the police or calling the uh the National Trafficking Hotline, um, get law enforcement involved or get somebody else involved. For for an average person on the street, uh, I would absolutely recommend calling the police. Uh, do not get involved or try and make a rescue on your own. 
because these folks sometimes can be very dangerous. Um, but uh, the the trafficking hotline is the best way to get something started. Um, they can put that person in touch with um, shelters uh, or organizations that can provide services for them, um, and they can refer. We get referrals um, to the local law enforcement so that legal action can be taken to to make sure that they're safe. Well, thank you. Anything you want to add, Ms. McKay? No, he summed it up very, very nicely. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. Uh, out of twenty, the top twenty-five states there, there, the top twenty-five states in human trafficking, ten of them are located in the South, almost close to fifty percent. Any particular mm -hmm. reason why the South is such a hotbed for sex and human trafficking? Pat, if you want to tell them about, you've got the great story with the interstates. Um. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to take that. Um, just in Alabama alone, we have a lot of different interstates coming in and out of the state. Mm -hmm. all, all of our southern states do. And by the way, the percentage that I've heard on uh, the southeast U.S. Yeah. is about 40% of all human trafficking cases. Wow. Now, <laughs> that's yeah. a huge number. Um, the interstate system is huge in this operation if they're moving them. I want to make sure that you understand, too, and that your listeners will understand that trafficked victims are not always moved. There's not always movement from one place to another. Okay. They can be trafficked in their own home in the sense that the parents may not know or the parents might be doing the trafficking. They could even potentially go to school in their own school. They won't be the best students. They will fall asleep probably in the afternoon when the ki other kids are bright and going full swing. But movement is not necessary. However, when movement is happening, the interstate system is huge. Um, we have I-10, which goes through Mobile, but guess where else it goes? It goes through the panhandle of Florida. That is, I-10 has been a huge uh, human trafficking problem um, for many years. Is I uh, go, I, does I-10 go through New Orleans as well? Uh, I think so. Mm. I, I, I kind of don't look to the left of Alabama and Mobile, yeah, uh, sorry, okay. Okay. Uh, when I look at a map. Um, but I-20, for example, mm -hmm. uh, is the superhighway of human trafficking in the entire U.S. So think about that. Um, you've got 65 coming into the south from up north and around Gary, Indiana is what it begins, coming all the way down to Mobile. And it has long been known as a major corridor for human trafficking. You have 85 coming in from Atlanta. Atlanta is the number two city in the country for cases of human trafficking. It was number one a couple of years ago. So you, I also think, um, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that the South is full of rural areas, mm -hmm. more so than the North. Yeah. The North, you know, uh, very heavily populated in most cases. We have a lot of tourist areas, specifically Florida, uh, South Alabama, uh, there are a lot of small towns, and when I say small towns, what I'm referring to there is that there are a lot of small 
um, sheriff's offices and we're trying to remedy this but in, in our state but there are a lot of um, local police departments that are small little that will not be able to afford training or has not been able to get training yet or don't know to get training so a trafficker could come in and set up operations and have free reign and nobody knows what it looks like so they're not going to stop it um, there's also the coast you've got a lot of um, especially labor trafficking is over 70 percent foreign nationals the the sex trafficking is over 70 percent u.s citizens Mm. so it's it it could you know it could be a combination of all of the above but basically i think um there's a lot of areas still in alabama and i've been doing this for 10 years okay Uh, but there's still a lot of areas in this state and a lot of people in our state that have no idea that human trafficking is exists at all if and if you have that as as a barrier to trying to keep these bad guys and gals out of our state you've got a job on your hands you've got to get the the word out and that's what our task force tries to do yeah i want to i don't want some clarification sergeant nelson okay. there's a lot of people thinking that huntsville alabama is like one of the major hubs for sex and human trafficking can you clarify that for everybody for the because everybody's like i know y'all made a big bust on Highway 72 maybe a year or so ago, and mm-hmm. and everybody got scared, and everybody's thinking Huntsville is up there with Atlanta and, and Los Angeles. Can you clarify that for the people? We are, we are actually just dropping the bucket. It's not terribly bad here. Um, 2018, we had like six, to, six or eight cases, I think. Uh, 2019, we, we don't have any cases that have been reported that have – turned out to actually be trafficking uh, to us. Now, there's other agencies. For example, there's a, our offices are co-located with Homeland Security Investigations, and they've had some uh, human trafficking cases in the area, but not a lot. The catch here is uh, Huntsville, if you'll look at all of the bigger cities uh-huh. on a map, Yep. Uh, like Nashville, yep. Chattanooga, Atlanta, Memphis, uh, Memphis, um, Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, all of those areas are in a circle around Huntsville. So it's all around us, and those are all big trafficking areas, and we're right in the middle. So they do travel through uh, the Huntsville area a lot, but they don't usually stay here they don't um, it's not as bad as most cities our size I would say um, but they are coming through because just because we're central to all the places that they're going okay so they're just driving through here they're not setting up camp and be like oh this is home for us if um, if they're setting up it's usually just going to be for a night and it makes it really hard to catch them because they're only here for a night or two and then they move on, um, but they are coming through. Um, it's just not nearly as bad as it appears because we're right in the middle of all of that. Okay. But it is happening here. Don't get me wrong. It's it's definitely happening here. Okay. Um, Miss McKay, I'm going. This is the question for you. Uh, 
based on statistics that I, I read earlier, it seems like black young women are the main or majority of the targets for human sex trafficking. Do you know any factors or issues that black women have that make them prime uh, candidates for human and sex trafficking? But I know you listed when, self, low self-esteem and stuff, but is there a cultural difference or from a Latino and a Caucasian that, oh, oh, that, uh, a suspect or a trafficker would be like, you know what, I want a African-American female versus a Latino. I really don't. I really don't have an answer for you because, as I mentioned, this is a new statistic to me. Um, secondly, it, I think it would boil down to just not knowing that trafficking exists, lack of awareness, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I, I know that there are areas in the country, three in particular, Michigan, Washington, D.C., and California, that have had a huge number of black girls and, and um, older, older meaning in their 20s, uh, trafficked victims. Um, I really don't know what the factors are. Poverty may be part of it. Um, it could be, like I said, lack of awareness. It could be the low self-esteem, the whole thing that we talked about earlier. Um, it's just really hard to tell at this point. And I'm not really up on that particular statistic. So I apologize for that. But I will. I will be soon. I can assure you I will do the research. Okay. I've got just just a, and this is, it just occurs to me. It's not actually a reason, but most of the the really big cities that uh, have a lot of trafficking, um, the inner city where it starts is predominantly African American. Yeah, well, Detroit is eighty percent black. Yeah, and Washington mm -hmm. D.C. is eighty percent black. That really could have something to do with it, just because that's the hotbed, and the people that are trafficking have uh, better access to those women to the African-American women. Um, yeah, I did some research. Like she said, poverty plays a big part on it. Um, uh, economics plays a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And you basically what you said, geographics. You know, when you, these major cities, a lot of these cities are predominantly African-American in the, in, the, in the urban areas, metropolitan areas. So, so that's... I'll just maybe shoot y'all could shed some light, you know, on why our ladies are being targeted. So I'm gonna go to my next question, and it has to do with organ harvesting. Yes. Uh, how much does the need for organs have to do with human trafficking? Because there's a lot of organs are is a billion dollar business. And we have several cases of people end up missing. They found, but they're gutted up. No brains, no eyes, no heart, no lungs. And we had one instance with a young man. He was found under the mat at school a couple years ago with no organs and full of tissue paper. So, uh, Sergeant Nelson, how much that the need for organs has a lot to do with this high demand for human trafficking? I, I don't think that we actually have. I mean, I was trying to research that uh, 
because we had talked about it on the phone. And uh, I found that in other countries it's going on, uh, like China. There, In China, they have a problem with uh, political prisoners being used uh, as organ donors against their will and they you know they can do nothing and that's there's a lot of that in China um, India has a problem uh, also because of the the poverty there and uh, people will convince them that they can sell a kidney or sell an organ but uh, as far as kidnapping for organs I I never saw any confirmed uh, cases in the U.S. where that you could prove that that was primarily the reason for uh, kidnapping or killing anybody. Um, I'm I'm sure it has happened. I just couldn't find it. Uh, mostly, it's it's one of those uh, word of mouth. I, I want to. I'm not going to say urban myth or urban legend, but uh, because I do know it, it is happening in uh, several places it's just uh, I I was not able to come up with anything on that um, okay uh, what Miss McKay you have anything on that would deal with organ well my research shows that trafficking in persons report that is put out by the US Department uh, State Department uh, list traf um, the organ removal as a definite link to trafficking. Um, I couldn't find any statistics on U.S., okay. but what they're saying is that that it's organized crime that typically does it mm -hmm. because they're into all sorts of criminal activity, um, and they prey on the desperate si uh, situations of both the recipients and the donors. Um, and that poverty seems to be a big part of why they're after these kids or, or they can talk people into it. They'll say, well, we'll give you so much money for a kidney or a lung or whatever. Well, these people that are doing these donations, so to speak, are not realizing that their health is going to be completely impaired or that they die from it. Uh, but it's a desperate situation all, all around. Um, and when you have a child or a, an adult that needs a transplant, um, I've had that situation um, in my own family, you're, you're desperate. You'll do anything. And so, therefore, that's what drives the market for this kind of thing. It is rising in um, prevalence. Hopefully, we can get a handle on that at some point in the future and, and cut it out completely. But it is it is a situation right now, and it's growing. Okay, this is for uh, Sergeant Nelson. Uh, I read an article showing that uh, it says doctors and cops among 277 arrested in human trafficking or online prostitution sting in Florida. So... The question is for you is it's already enough <laughs> hard enough for us to protect our kids against human traffickers. It's definitely hard when there's police and doctors involved. How how are the our police departments trying to crack down on their own and other people of a uh, uh, different wealth 
uh, wealth bracket participating and capitalizing on uh, low self-esteem girls? Well, one of the things that's going on is we're trying to focus more on the the buyer um, trying to to because if nobody's there to buy, there's there's no demand. Nothing, yeah, the, the demand's not there. The product's not going to show up. So we're trying to focus more on that, um, and that would be across the board because the 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 Johns uh, that are doing this. Um, they are, again, uh, all socioeconomic groups. Uh, okay. You can't really target one because uh, everybody, every group is has somebody doing it. Um, as far as departments, uh, police departments, I we have internal affairs that watches that kind of stuff, but if it's going on you really don't know that it's going on until they get caught um, it's a, a sad thing but most of these folks that are doing that kind of thing are not doing it outwardly they're they're really sneaky getting around and most folks will not know until they get caught that anything's happened Miss McKay you want to add I would. Um, I don't want to pick on the police department because okay. they're not the only ones that's, that's that are doing it. We have right. teachers and coaches and mm. uh, military and doctors, as you said, and, and all walks of life. Um, we had a big case about three years ago, I want to say, of a, a soccer coach from Gunnersville that is now serving 30 years in prison because he was convicted of human trafficking. Um, it was the first Madison County case that we had. So it's pretty much anybody. Um, there was a, an article a year or so ago from Tennessee, Nashville in particular, that they had had a big sting operation and they were trying to um, outline the different people, types of people that were arrested. One, as I said, was a military guy from Fort Campbell which is just up the road from them. Uh, there was a doctor, there was a businessman. Uh, there was a man whose wife was in labor having their child. Mm. That one bothered me more than anything, I think. Um, but just pretty much any walk of life, um, you're seeing people buying. And, and as Sergeant Nelson mentioned, we have to crack down on the, on the buyers. If, if you have a product and a buyer, you have a transaction. Correct. If you have half of that, if we either get rid of all of the um, children, which we're not going to do that, but <laughs> and you not. can't keep them, and you can't keep them out of the traffickers' grip, but you can start cracking down on the buyer. And Alabama passed a law last year in the legislation or legislative group that. Uh, treats the trafficker, excuse me, the buyer just as though he were a traff or she were a trafficker. So they're going to do the same time in prison, same fines, etc. It's the same kind of um, felony. So that's a start. Since you brought up something, if convicted, what is the what is the time, Sergeant Nelson, for a if I, I you caught me in, in a big 
human trafficking bust or, or sting? What is my time? I am not going to be, I can tell you that it's, you know, what kind of felony it is. But, what, uh, what felony is? Yeah, that's a class A felony. It's, it's as high as it gets. But mm. um, I'm not really sure on the, I think the sentencing it's, time. Um, I think it's up to. If I can add, it's 15 years to life, depending Ooh. on how heinous the crimes were and how many children and that sort of thing. So you can get charged per child? Yes. Each, each yes, you can. Per incident. Per incident, okay. So you could have multiple incidents in one child, one victim. Oh. Not, I don't how many times you go back to that victim. Or, yeah, well. You ain't got to worry about me. <laughs> so I'm going ahead and uh, end this with this question here. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of posts of kids being missing or, it's, you know, uh, have you, and ending tragically like the young girl down in South Alabama. I believe she went to Auburn and, her stepfather was an MMA f- fighter, and mm-hmm. and end up she end up dead, and a lot of kids be, a lot of kids are missing, and some of our kids have been missing for years and never have brought, been brought back. I think had, this has a lot to do with it. What advice I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask Sergeant Nelson, and then I'm gonna ask you, Miss McKay, what advice uh, will you give to the parents? you can give to the parents to prevent their loved ones from being victims of human and sex trafficking? Just pay attention to your, to your children. Um, watch what they're doing. Monitor their internet and cell phone use because right now the, the easiest way to connect to young people is over the internet or uh, some of these apps on the phone. Gaming apps any gaming app that has a chat function built into it is it's dangerous because you don't know who's at the other end it could be somebody trying to to make friends with your child saying that they're a 12 year old girl and it you know it's a 55 year old guy that's trying to traffic them um that probably is the most important thing you can do um, just pay attention to your kids. Know who their friends are, where they're going. Uh, be the parent. When you mean pay attention, when I was a young child, and you know I'm a military brat, so we lived on a military base. Mm-hmm. Um, went outside play, man, and you know, I got a little brother and I got a little sister. We went outside play. We played. Today's Parents can't turn their back and let the kids just go outside and play because of this. So when you mean pay attention, that means, hey, you can't let them play outside by themselves no more. You, If they're out, they need to be monitored. Okay. Uh, I, I agree with that. And part of that is not really because of the, the danger has increased. It's that the public... I'm. Going, I'm a little bit older than you, but uh, <laughs> yes, by, by quite a bit. Y'all can't see me. I've got lots of gray here. Um, when I was growing up, if you did anything wrong, somebody in the neighborhood was going to tell your mom and dad. Correct. 
they don't do that anymore. No, they, uh, they, it's they, like, you know, they, they see something going on. It's like, oh, I don't want to get involved. It's none of my business. Correct. Um, the other thing is parents. If if somebody comes to a parent and says, hey, you know, I saw your, your child doing whatever he happened to be doing that was wrong. Parents now are like, you know, you shouldn't be getting, they're getting on to this person saying, keep your nose out of my business. Right. Uh, let me do it the way I parent, the way I want to parent. Um, it's just changed. It's a different world now because of that. Um, you, because you can't depend on anybody else now, you need to depend on yourself and keep an eye on your kids. Uh, if you raise them right, you, there's a lot less. I'm not going to say there's no chance because some kids are just going to be troublemakers no matter what. But, um, you know, if you make the effort, you've got a very good chance that your kid's going to turn out to be good and you're not going to have to worry about all of that. But especially when they're young, watch them. Gotcha. Miss McKay, please provide your wisdom and on this question. Well, Sergeant Nelson did an excellent job of, of stating that because the Internet is a huge problem. Uh, parents have to be cautious and, and watch what their kids are on. All the apps and all the gaming um, sites, there are. that's how they get pulled into this stuff. Um, but the other thing is just talk to them. There, we used to talk to our kids about stranger danger. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily apply now because family members are trafficking their own kids. Uh, there's a trend in in the U.S. that more family members or neighbors are are trafficking their kids. So it, it's somebody that they know a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but just talk to them and let them know that, you know, we used to say that if there's a if someone tries to touch you within the bathing suit area, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. That is that is not good, and you could start a small child with that, and then but talk to them is really the key. Talking to your kids and letting them know that there are some bad people out there, and these things can happen to you. You got to be watchful. Well. That ends my show. I'd like to thank Sergeant Nelson from driving here to the snow. And I'd like to thank Miss McKay for attempting to drive in the snow. And then I came with an idea like, no, nah, I don't want her to drive in the snow if she's uh, if she's afraid. So I want her to stay at home, but at least just call in. So I, I appreciate you. that. Yeah. And I appreciate you uh, calling in and, and, and giving us your knowledge on this topic, important topic for the community. Um, once again, uh, thank you for supporting the Rebuke Podcast. Um, if you, like I said, we should have this show uploaded in a couple of days, so look out for it. And before I end, I always end with my slogan, that's, that knowledge is power, but economic freedom is salvation. But you put them to- together, you build a great nation. Thank you for listening to Rebuke, and y'all have a nice day. Peace. Peace.